chapter which we read, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, and we shall read again the last verse of the chapter, verse 42. But one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Martha, Martha, thou art cumbered about, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. We often praise the good housewife, diligent and hard-working. And such a person deserves to be praised. And where would some of us be but for good housewives who look after us so well? But here you notice that Jesus praises the listener. Just before this incident, we have the parable of a good Samaritan. And there, Jesus is encouraging love to our neighbor. Here was this poor man who fell among thieves. And the priest saw him in his predicament and walked past on the other side. Another religious man came past, a Levite, and he looked at him too and went by on the other side. And along came a despised Samaritan, the enemy. And he saw him and had compassion on him, came off his animal, lifted him up, bound up his wounds, poured him in oil and wine, set him upon his own beast, took him to the inn and paid the innkeeper to look after him. Who was the neighbor to him that fell among thieves? the Samaritan. He was his neighbor. Go thou and do likewise. We are encouraged to show love and love in a practical way. It's easy to say I love you but it's a different thing to show it. Love is not simply a matter of feelings or of words, but also of action. And here was love from a Samaritan to a Jew. And of course, you know who the great good Samaritan is. The Lord Jesus Christ. They called him a Samaritan and said he had a devil. He came from heaven, came as it were of his beast all the way from glory came into this world to us lying in the gutter beaten, bruised, battered, dying and he picked us up and he washed us pouring oil and wine into our wounds and he set us upon his own beast and took us to the inn and he paid the innkeeper with his own blood and so you and I have life 
through him. The Good Samaritan is teaching us love. Go thou and do likewise. And love in a very practical way. Helping the man who fell among thieves. But now we come to Martha and Mary. And this is teaching us that it's not simply a matter of practicalities, but there is there has also to be a listening, a sitting at the feet, a receiving and embracing of the Lord Jesus Christ, as he has taught to us in the gospel. Martha and Mary were both godly women. They were both Christians, very different, different in their personalities and different in their ways. They are both good women, but Jesus particularly praises Mary. Mary hath chosen the good part that shall not be taken from her. Listening, trusting, and following love is particularly required of us. So, first tonight then, I would like us to look at a loving hostess. Then secondly, to look at a loving disciple. And then thirdly, to look at a loving rebuke. First, a loving hostess. Jesus comes to Bethany miles east of Jerusalem. It was a place that he went to from time to time. And there was a home there that he loved to stay in. It was a place where he was particularly welcome. And they told that he entered into this village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. So it would seem that the house belonged to Martha. Perhaps she was the oldest. Maybe she was a widow woman. We don't know. But it's called Martha's house. And Mary lived there. And from John's Gospel, we learn that Lazarus lived there too, their brother. She received him into that house. And Martha loved Jesus. She welcomed him. And here was a very special guest. And so she tries her best to make Jesus welcome. She's extremely hospitable. Hospitality is something that is greatly commended in the scriptures. Time and again, especially in the epistles, there are exhortations to us to be hospitable to show hospitality to all men, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. When you're hospitable, you never know. You might be receiving an angel into your home. It's such a blessing to be kind and loving and to have an open home and a home where people are welcome, particularly where the Lord's people are welcome. She wants to give Jesus the very best, and so she's working hard. She's cooking the meal, and she's serving, she's getting everything ready. 
couldn't have been easy. It wasn't just Jesus that she had to entertain. There were also his twelve disciples. Jesus and the twelve, that makes thirteen. And then there was Mary and herself and Lazarus, that makes fifteen, sixteen rather. And then, no doubt there were others too. Perhaps there were twenty folk there. And she was making a meal for all these people. And you can imagine the work that was involved in that. And she wanted it to be really special. Because Jesus is such a special guest. And what a privilege it was to have Jesus in her home. And there was so much to be done. You can imagine her. The soup is coming over. The furs is burning. The meat has to be cut. The sweet has to be made. She's panicking. She cannot cope. And there's Mary, her sister, sitting, listening to Jesus. She's, she feels jealous and it gets on her nerves. There she is, running around as fast as she can. And Mary is providing her with no help. It's not fear. She loses her temper. And in the end, She's even blaming Jesus. Dost thou not care, she says. Lord, dost thou not care that my sister had left me to serve alone? Lord Jesus, can you not see me here so busy? And you don't seem to care that my sister's not helping me. Bid her, therefore, that she come to help. I'm sure there are many women here who sympathize with Martha. You can understand what it felt like with all these people in the house and this meal to be done and Mary not helping. Martha loved Jesus. She wanted to please him and to give him the very best. A loving hostess. Do you have an open home? Are you kind and welcoming to all? It's a good thing to be hospitable. But in the second place, we notice a loving disciple. Mary, we're told about her that she sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. It would seem that to begin with, before Jesus came, that Mary was helping. And maybe to begin with, even after Jesus had come, Mary was helping. For we're told, Martha said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? To begin with, she was with Martha helping, and then left her and sat at Jesus' feet. Mary had lost interest in everything else. Only one thing seemed to matter. She loved Jesus so much and she wanted to hear every word that he spoke. It was such a rare opportunity to have the Son of God present in her home, the King of Israel, the Messiah. And he was speaking so many wonderful words. And oh, how she loved to sit at his feet. She couldn't drag herself away from his feet. 
to start cooking and serving. It was so wonderful just listening to the words of Jesus. To ask him questions, to hear others asking questions, to hear the answers that he was giving. I wonder are you like Mary? Do you do you value your Bible? Do you love to read it? As it were to sit at the feet of Jesus. And as you read the verses of Scripture, asking, What is Jesus saying to me here? What message has God for me here today? Do you love to to come to church, to sit there? to sing, to pray, to hear the reading of the word, to receive the word preached? Do you love the means of grace? And do you have an appetite for these things? He who hears you hears me, says Jesus to his disciples. Those who listen to you, my disciples, are really listening to me. And when you listen to the preacher preaching God's word, you're listening to Christ. Are the words of Christ life to your soul? Peter says, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Have a hunger and a thirst for it. Feed upon it. Absorb it into your own minds and memories so that you will grow thereby. Just as babes, as newborn babes. Newborn babe, it's no use coming along with toys and trying to amuse them. They're not interested in that. There's just one thing in their minds. They're wanting food. And they'll be satisfied with nothing but food. And if you deny them that, how they cry for it. They don't want toys. They don't want playing. They want food. And that's the way we should be as Christians. Just like newborn babes, and it seems there's only one thing on our minds, that is food for our souls, the word of God, the means of grace. We love to come to church. How lovely are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts, to me. That's what the psalmist was saying. Like as the heart for water brooks and thirst doth pant and bray, so pants my longing soul after thee, O God. Thirsting, panting, longing after God. You know how when we were children, our parents would say to us, eat your food so that you will grow up. And if you don't eat your food, you'll never grow up. Well, it's like that spiritually too. If you don't eat your food, you won't grow. It's even more necessary spiritually than physically. And without spiritual food, you perish. One of the names for a Christian is a disciple. And that name means pupil or student. Somebody who is sitting at the feet of the master, the teacher, seeking to be taught. Are we disciples? 
Are we teachable? Are we absorbing the truth? Are we good listeners and learners from God's word, having a real appetite for these things? Are we like Mary, seeking first the kingdom of God, more than anything else, seeking first the priority, what Jesus has to say? Mary was a woman, but that made no difference. She came to Christ, she was received by Christ, even although she was a woman, he regarded her as a good pupil, a good disciple. In Jesus Christ there is neither Jew nor Gentile, there is neither male nor female, there is neither bond nor free. Ye are all one in Christ. As far as Christianity is concerned, there's no difference between man and woman. Men and women need the new birth. Men and women need the indwelling of the Spirit. Men and women need the food for their souls. And men and women together grow into the people of God. Here we have a loving disciple, Mary, sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening, learning. Are you a, are you a disciple of Christ? Do you have an appetite for God's word? Do you love to hear the truth and to feed upon it? Thirdly, a loving rebuke. First, the loving hostess, Martha. Then, the loving disciple, Mary. Thirdly, a loving rebuke. Martha, Martha. There's a lot of emotion in these words, the repeating of her name. Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken from her. Martha, you have many cares, many worries, and that is sinful. But that is so common for us, isn't it? We get so troubled, so bowed down with cares. We're so busy and we allow ourselves to become so entangled. And at times it just seems everything is crowding in upon us. We've got no time to think, no time to pray, no time to read our Bibles, no time for church, no time for anything. Martha, Martha, thou art cumbered about many things. But one thing is needful. Why all the fuss? Martha, why are you so bothered? Why are you so busy? Relax. No doubt there was a bit of pride in Martha too. She wanted to make a good show. She wanted to show that she was such a, a capable housewife, such 
an efficient worker, such a, an excellent cook. And there were all these important people in, and she was wanting things to be, oh, just right. And pride can cause us an awful lot of trouble, trying to keep up appearances, trying to make a good show, trying to keep up with the Joneses. What a hassle it is sometimes, and how unnecessary. Thou art cumbered about many things. Thou art careful and troubled about many things. Now, in the midst of all our cares, what should we do with them? We should come to the Lord, and we should confess to him, and cast our cares upon him, and leave them with him. I know in myself that so often I allow things into my mind, into my thoughts, and these things keep working away there. And I allow myself to be cumbered with these thoughts, these worries, these cares. And I come to God and I pray about it. And then I go away and I'm still worrying and bothered about it. And it's not right. I ought to cast my burden on the Lord and leave it there. Not take my burden to him and then take it to myself again. Not allowing myself to be submerged with worries or cares or whatever, but rather to realize that I have a heavenly Father who cares. The shepherd of Israel who looks after me. To leave my cares with him. To pray about it and leave it there. But we make an idol sometimes of our cares. And we allow these things to go on and on and round and round and round and round in our minds. And we think of it this way and we turn it that way and we, we say we will do this and we think we will do that and we will respond in this way. And so it goes on and on and on and on. And when we ought to be praying and praising and worshipping God and rejoicing in God and our hearts full of peace and joy and love, we're bowed down with cares. Martha... Martha, thou art careful about many things. But one thing is needful. Are you tonight careful about many things? Worried, troubled, anxious, bothered, plagued with certain thoughts and concerns and difficulties and anxieties and troubles, the things of tomorrow and the things of the next day and of the next day, and it's going on and on and on, round and round in your mind. Cast thy burden on the Lord, and be thou doing good, and so thou in the land shalt dwell, and verily of food. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light, and you shall find rest unto your souls. I think it was in Spurgeon that I was reading that a little earth, a little earth cast upon the fire in your soul will make it burn very low. And why is the flame within us burning so low? Is it not that there's so much of the earth being cast upon the flame? 
busy for Christ. Too much to do. There you are and you're looking after your family and you've got your involvement in your home and your involvement with a job and you're so busy day and night you've got no time to think. But you've got to think and you've got to stop. It's time to turn off the music. Time to put off the television. Time to stop the frantic running around. Be still and know that I am God. Stop and think and pray. Oh, but there's so much to be done. There's the baking, the hoovering, the dusting. There's people coming for a meal. I've got to have it ready at such and such a time. I can't stop. And you're on the treadmill and you're running, running, running and you cannot stop. Be still. Get your priorities right. Put first things first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Stop trying to be superwoman or superman. Believe in God. He is the only super person. We can even be too busy in the Lord's work sometimes. Too busy running around meetings, organizing events, visiting the sick and friends and all sorts of things, doing this, that, and the next thing, all kinds of excellent practical things. And what Martha was doing was excellent, hosting the Lord Jesus Christ and his friends. But stop, Martha. Realize what is vital. You're going too far. You're allowing yourself to be too busy. Stop. You're trying to run your life perfectly and nothing is perfect in this world. You are setting for yourself an impossible standard. Lower the standard a little bit and put things in their right perspective. You want everything to, glow, to go like clockwork. But things don't go like clockwork in this world. Sin has come in and spoiled everything. Trust in God. Look to him. Pray to him. Stop the worrying. Be careful and anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Take no thought for the morrow. That would be wonderful, wouldn't it? If only you and I could be like that. Take no thought for tomorrow. Don't give it a second thought. Tomorrow shall take care for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Leave tomorrow. Just get on with living today, a day at a time. One thing is needful. 
one thing, not 20 things or 50 things or 100 things or even two things, but one thing is needful. And what is that needful thing? Christ. Listening to him. Receiving him. Embracing him. One thing is needful. Seek first the kingdom of God, the king in your life. God the king. Are we people, are you, a person who has one concern, one interest, one predominant concern? Martha, Martha, careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part.